0: in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.
1: How's it, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of The Command Zone. Today, we have a really cool main topic. We're talking about the new digital version of Magic. It's called MTG Arena. And we've got special guest the famous cosplayer Ashlyn Rose. It's going to be a really cool episode. But before we get into that, we have something exciting. We have our M19 preview card. Now, full disclosure, for the first time ever, I am here in the studio alone. Jimmy is abroad. He had a big project come up. We're going to talk about that a little bit more at the end of this episode. Okay, so on to our M19 preview card. It is Arcades the Strategist. Yes, it's one of the Elder Dragons. In fact, at the time of this recording, the other four Elder Dragons, Nickelbolus, Bolas, Palladium Ores, uh-oh, I'm testing myself, Chromium, and Vivictus Asmati have all been revealed and were, I guess, the last one. Arcades the Strategist, who was previously Arcade Sabbath, is back. The card is one green, white, and blue. So four mana total for a 3-5 Flying Vigilance Elder Dragon. And it says, whenever a creature with Defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. So anytime you play a creature with Defender or a wall, um, all the walls have been errated to have Defender, all the old walls, uh, then you draw a card. And, it, and Arcades also says, each creature you control with Defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. This is kind of opening up I would say a new archetype or a new tribe that wasn't available, although that's not technically true, right? I think the the obvious comparison here is to Doran, the siege tower. And Doran was kind of maybe the go-to card when we were talking about wall decks before because Doran allowed all creatures to assign combat damage according to their toughness rather than their power. So this is a little bit different for a few reasons. I'll read Doran really quick just because we're doing the direct comparison here. So Doran was uh, also an Abzan card. So Doran costs black, green, and white for an 05 legendary creature, a tree folk shaman. And it said each creature assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. So that's the sort of most direct comparison to Arcades, But there's, there's, a, there's some differences, right? So Doran is Abzan rather than Bant. So you're kind of trading blue for black, which you know I'm going to like because blue. Um, Doran affects all creatures. So... Doran makes your opponent's creatures assign their uh, combat damage according to their toughness rather than their power, which didn't tend to matter a lot because, you know, most other good creatures are usually like 2-2s and 3-3s, but every once in a while it does. Arcades, however, has card advantage because every time you play a creature with Defender, you draw a card. And I would imagine that most Arcades decks are going to just have, you know, 90% of their creatures have Defender. Arcades also allows defenders to attack. So in Doran, people would pl- sometimes build a wall deck, but Doran actually doesn't by himself or herself cause the the walls or the defenders to be able to attack. You would have to get another card that, that allowed that. And there's a number of cards in history that do that, but Doran didn't automatically. So you sort of required another piece. Whereas Arcades automatically just on the card allows... You know your walls and defenders to just start attacking so that's kind of i think a big thing and and no other commander really did that so some people would buy build like corona wall decks just five color walls and things like that but you would still have to go find the piece that'll let the walls attack but now you don't so i, I think this is really opening up a tribe that sort of wasn't really very well supported before which is exciting so doran often had creatures you know that was just big butts as we say that just had large toughness to power ratio And, you know, often it was Treefolk Tribal as well. So I really like Arcades. I think that this is going to open up wall decks, which walls are really cool, cool cards. And and there's some fun interactions we've seen in limited environments. My only sort of um, disappointment maybe, or the only thing I sort of regret here is that Arcades doesn't have red because you can't play Vent Sentinel. Uh, But I understand that the original Arcades Sabbath did not have red. You kind of got to stick to the colors that the card was. And they really did keep the flavor of the original card because Arcadia Sabbath from Legends, the original Elder Dragon, It, I believe you paid one white and you pumped the toughness. And it also said that your untapped creatures that weren't attacking got plus two toughness. So they really did stay in flavor with what the original Arcady's Elder Dragon was. So let's talk about some cards that come to mind here when maybe you're building this wall deck or, or building around Arcady's The Strategist. The first one, I think, obviously, is Assault Formation. And Assault Formation has been reprinted, I think, one time. Um, it's one and a green for an enchantment. It says, Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. Arcadis already sort of does that, but Arcades only does that for creatures with Defender. So, Assault Formation doesn't care if the creature is a Defender or not. But then, there's two activated abilities on Assault Formation. It's one green. Target creature with Defender can attack this turn as though it didn't have Defender. Again... This kind of doubles up what Arcades is already doing, which is fine because you know your commander doesn't always just live. A lot of times people remove it, especially if you had like Lethal on the board, and they're like, "I don't want those walls attacking because that will kill me. I'm gonna get rid of Arcades and turn off your, your you know all your defender's ability to attack." So having a second way to sort of make that happen, and assault formation only costs two mana, so you know you might be able to drop it where they're not expecting it because it looks like Arcades is going to cost 6 or 8 mana, and you don't have that. Assault Formation for 2 mana, boom, comes down, 1 green, attack with all my walls. And also, Assault Formation has a second activated ability, which is pay 2 and a green. Creatures you control get plus 0, plus 1 until end of turn. So because Arcades and Assault Formation make your creatures assign combat damage equal to their toughness rather than their power... It's basically giving fire breathing to your whole team for two and a green. And again, you can do this multiple times. So if you have six mana, nine mana, 12 mana, you can really pump your entire team to a pretty high level. Another sort of group of cards that comes to mind for me here are the Retribution of the Meek or the Slaughter of the Strong. Sort of board wipes that only wrath all the big creatures. So Slaughter of the Strong, I'll read. It's one white white it's a sorcery. Each player chooses any number of creatures he or she controls with total power four or less, then sacrifices all other creatures he or she controls. Walls don't have very much power. And because you're assigning your combat damage with their toughness rather than their power, you're probably playing a bunch of like 06s and 04s and 05s. And so your total creatures with power four or less might be all of your creatures. Now, Arcades does have three power, so there's, there's that, but I think there's a good chance you can save most of your creatures, but everybody else may only keeps one if they want to keep, or maybe zero, depending on what their board looks like. Retribution of the meek, which, which I mentioned earlier, fell the mighty dust to dawn. These are all wraths that could be sort of one-sided wraths in your favor because they're all wraths that are based on the power of creatures and the power of your creatures is very small, even though they're still hitting very hard because they're hitting based on their toughness. I really like that kind of interaction. Another card that comes to mind immediately is Meek Stone. It's a one man artifact, and it says creatures with power three or greater don't untap during their controller's untap steps. This is just perfect in this deck. I doubt you'll even have a creature besides Arcades who has Vigilance that has power three or greater. Most walls don't have three power or more. They're usually like 06s or maybe like 15s. There might be one or two that that have a little bit of power, like there's Wall of Swords and things like that. But because you're assigning combat damage based on toughness, you don't even necessarily want those cards. You want the ones that have really high toughness to power ratio. Um, one of the partner commanders, I think, r- would go really well in this deck. It's Sider Condo of Jamora. He costs two green and white for a 2-5 legendary creature, Human Knight. Has flanking, that doesn't matter. But what he does say is creatures. Oh, he's also a partner. That doesn't really matter because he's going to go in your 99. But he says, creatures your opponents control without flying or reach can't block creatures with power two or less. So again, because all your walls, their power doesn't change. They just assign combat damage based on their toughness. So if you swing in with an 07 wall, it still has zero power, even though it's going to hit them for seven damage, which means they can't block that creature unless they have a creature with flying or reach. So I think this card is very powerful because it makes a lot of your your walls and defenders unblockable. And then there's a bunch of walls, of course, in this deck or a bunch of defenders. And some of the the cool ones or the ones I think are going to be required are, well, for one, you get some sort of specialized ramp. So Axe Mane Guardian is one that comes to mind. It's two and a green for a creature human druid. It's an O3 with defender. You can tap it and add X in any combination of colors to your mana pool where, where X is the number of creatures with defender you control. So if you got four walls... Axe Guardian taps for 4 mana in any combination of colors. Uh, Overgrown Battlement is another one uh, which taps for green mana according to the number of defenders you have. An- another cool wall I think is is pretty awesome in this deck is Crenelated Wall. It's 4 mana for an artifact. It's a wall. It's been errated like most walls uh, have to say uh, that it has defender. It's an 0-4, I said. You can also tap it and target creature gets 4 until end of turn. So it's kind of an onboard trick because if you're giving target creature plus 0, plus 4, you're actually giving it 4 power four power as well. Not technically power, but it's going to assign damage according to its toughness. So if it's an 0-5 and it's attacking and you tap the Crenelated Wall, now it's an 0-9 and it's dealing 9 damage. And it still does get that toughness boost, so it kind of gives plus 4, plus 4 in a way, which is a pretty big thing and makes your walls impossible to block. And then the last wall I wanna talk about is Shield Sphere. It's zero mana for an 06, but it counts as a wall, so it has Defender. And if Shield Sphere is assigned as a blocker, you put a negative zero, negative one counter on it. Now, in this deck, that's a zero mana 6-6. That seems kinda nuts. And, I mean, it's kinda like uh, Sarah Send it, except for it doesn't have lifelink, obviously, and it doesn't have flying, but it costs zero. And, you know, you're probably not going to... If you don't want to, you don't block with it, so it never gets the negative one counter. And you just use a 6-6 and smash face really early. And if you drop this on turn zero, I can see you getting in three or four hits with it before anybody's got the ability to deal with it. Because it's hard to play something that can block a 6-6 before turn four or so in commander. And that's like 24 damage or, you know, maybe more depending. So this seems crazy to me. I think this would be a really cool deck and pretty unique in that... It's not a tribe that's really been fully unlocked until now. I think ironically it would be a wall deck, but it would skew aggressive, uh, skew more aggro, because walls usually have a very high toughness to their CNC. So you imagine you're playing kind of a deck that it um I'm just realizing something. I was talking about Shield Sphere. You play it on turn zero, and like you could attack on turn one, but you can't. You have to play Arcades first before um, before you get attack with it. And I'm sure a lot of you are screaming at your radios or your screens right now. I apologize. Shieldsphere is still good, because still 0-mana, 6-6, six, six, but you won't be able to swing until Arcadis is out, so you can't actually swing until turn 4. I still think that's great, because on turn 4, people are unlikely to have something that can block a 6-6. Six, six. It's not quite as good as I just said. Okay, sorry. Still, I think the deck will skew kind of aggro, because once Arcadis drops down, I imagine, like, you turn 0 Sphere, turn 2 some other wall, turn 3, you know, Axebane Guardian play Arcades the strategist and now swing with everything. And you could be swinging on turn four for somewhere in the realm of 18 to 20 power, just because walls just have a lot of toughness. So it feels like it will skew aggro. Um, But because Arcades gives card advantage, remember that first line of Texas, whenever a creature with defender enters the battlefield under your control, draw a card. That's very powerful in an aggro deck because aggro's, well, one of aggro's problems is that it, it gets out to a fast start. It starts, you know, smacking people around, getting their life totals low, but it's using all of its gas and it tends to run out. But Arcadis actually does provide card advantage. So this actually feels like one of the more viable aggro decks because your commander allows you to replace every card you play. That's a defender or a wall, obviously. Um, But to replace a lot of cards you play, it almost has like half of Zendikar Resurgent on it. You know, not the mana part, but the card draw part, which I think would be very, very powerful. So this seems like a great, commander to me it's also only four cmc arcades again is one green white blue one in bant very reasonable a four mana three five flying vigilance already good i really like this card i think it might be one of the better new elder dragons and i'm personally excited to maybe check out building a wall deck of my own so that is our m19 preview card And uh, I guess I've said enough about it. We'll probably talk more about these Elder Dragons in future episodes. And, of course, we've got the M19 set review coming up. But for now, we're going to move on to our main topic and uh, the rest of our show, which I will warn you was recorded a few weeks ago, again, because of GP Vegas, which just happened. If you can tell, my voice is maybe sounding a little bit deeper, a little bit more tough and rugged, I hope. Um, It's mostly because I'm super exhausted and a little bit getting sick. Very common happens after a lot of conventions. GP Vegas was awesome. Again, we'll talk more about that, I'm sure, in the future. But for now, let's head on to the main part of the episode and the main topic.
0: Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: It's do, the final countdown.
1: countdown! Oh my gosh! I just skipped to the to that <laughs> part. I like
2: the... <laughs> do, 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 yeah, do, I gotta get do, the drums do, in there. Do, 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 do. It's the final countdown! To the beginning of the episode. <laughs> Good segue. Well. And we made it. Welcome everybody to the Command Zone Podcast. I'm your host, Jimmy Wong. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. And today,
1: we are joined by our friend... Game Nights alum and Magic the Gathering cosplayer,
2: Ashlyn Rose. Hello. Hello. Yes. So you you make- guys may remember, yeah. Game Nights. Who did you cosplay as?
3: Admiral Beckett Brass.
2: What a cool cosplay.
3: That was so much fun.
1: And you're actually watching this um, after GP Vegas has already happened, although we are recording it before GP Vegas happened. So can you look into the future, Ashlyn? And um, we're probably going to have some video and some pictures. Or the past. But what, uh, like what characters were you... Portraying at Vegas, hmm. or are you going to? It's hard to talk <laughs> about the future as if it's the past. No, <laughs> it right? me up. yeah.
3: I, I, I'm seeing a lot of green and red right now. Oh, um, and some blood maybe. So I think something like blood braid elf. Blood
2: blood braid. braid elf. I've been following you on Twitter. I'm
1: seeing the. <laughs> That that costume looks very involved.
3: Oh, I'm so excited for it. you. Yeah, it's it's taken a lot of work, but it's one of the ones I've spent the most time on at this point, and I'm really excited to showcase it at Vegas as its first. Appearance.
2: You were excited to have already showcased yes. it, and it was a it a really success. It looked awesome.
3: Nothing fell apart and nothing went wrong.
1: Wow. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I have a question. So, at events like GP Vegas, do you always have like a new, you know, outfit that you're gonna debut, or is this like how many times? Well, tell me how that whole process works, I guess.
3: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So sometimes there's new outfits. Sometimes it's just whatever I have available with the time that I have. So it depends Mm -hmm. really on like how much time we have to build a costume. And like if there's a new card, I'm really excited about cosplaying.
1: Right. So how did you pick Bloodbraid Elf?
3: Uh, Since I like started playing Magic, when I saw that art, like I fell in love with it immediately. It's been on like my Facebook page as like a to-do list forever. Oh, nice. So when they unbanned it for Modern, I was like, it's happening.
2: Now's, Now's the, the time. time. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, it looked awesome.
3: <laughs> yes. Thank you.
2: It was. It was great. I'm sure you played many a fun game of magic. Are you gonna play? Did you play in any of the events? Oh, it's so weird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did a lot of spell slinging. Oh,
2: Excellent. <laughs> nice and generic term for playing magic. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, talking about playing magic today, we are going to be discussing Magic: The Gathering Arena. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's the new digital offering. It's right now in closed beta, but Wizards is They've got a new game, basically. Um, it's 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 Hearthstone, but for Magic... Yeah, that's, all, a, that's a good way of
2: describing it. Yeah, yeah,
1: we've all had a chance to play it, so we're going to be going in-depth. It's not going to be a totally Commander-centric episode, right? We're not going to talk about the Commander format specifically, but since you all out there are Magic players, and this, I think, is really a game-changer as far as like how everybody's going to consume Magic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It really is kind of an amazing thing. So we wanted to talk about... Our experiences with it, um, you know, what we like, what we don't like, what our hopes and dreams for the future are, things like that. But first, we need to talk about our sponsors cardkingdom.com/slash command zone. If you use that affiliate link when you purchase your magic singles, your product, anything at all, you really are supporting the command zone podcast. You're supporting game nights. You're keeping all of our content on the air. We super appreciate
2: people that use that affiliate link and show their support. That's right, and getting out of the digital world that we're going to talk about today into the physical one, our second sponsor is Ultra Pro. They make playmats, sleeves, deck boxes, all the accessories that you need, uh, dice as well as dice boxes. We use a dice box on Game Nights every episode. and It's my favorite accessory. The I think sweet ever wooden done. one with the dragon. Yeah, that I'm looking at awesome. it right now. Yeah. Um, and the the awesome relic tokens as well, which are an incredible accessory for your gameplay. Uh, Josh is like <laughs> scrambling to get this dice box out. But yeah, this thing is awesome. Ooh. The oh. dragon deck box. Oh, it opens like that. That was meant to happen. Oh,
3: wow, that is sick.
2: Yeah. Uh, anyway, Ultra Pro, another sponsor of the show. If you're ever at an LGS or even you know at a GP, you can buy Ultra Pro products from a lot of vendors out there, just supporting the show as well. Through that continued support. And the final way is dir- to
1: support the show is directly at Patreon.com/slash/CommandZone. In fact, we call out one lucky patron every single episode, and this episode is dedicated to uh, ben, ben Bingham. Bingham. Yep. Ben, you rock. Bing. It's been a while it's yeah yeah that's great um okay well let's jump right into it like we said magic gathering arena is it's basically hearthstone but for magic in all in the best way that you can mean that yeah Yeah. i
2: mean a lot of different digital card games have come out recently we've had gwent we've had eternal uh and legend yeah they all look i mean hearthstone sort of set the color and look palette i think for how these games function how the cards function on the battlefield and uh you know as it goes when magic first came out there were a thousand different card games that came out in its wake very similar to magic and now magic is sort of taking its notes from the hearthstone world from the other digital card games and changing it into the what is going to be i believe now the premier official one and only main version of magic the gathering that most people will be introduced to that is not uh, mtgo which i think is you know for the kids that want to play vintage legacy like, some of the older formats modern uh MTG Arena is focused on the newer player, it's focused on standard, and soon we'll, we might see some other formats popping in there as well.
1: Ashlyn, have you had a chance to try out the closed beta very much? I mean, what are, what's your overall impression of, you know, the gameplay, how it looks, how it plays?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So, I actually, yeah, I've been playing the closed beta a lot. I was in the uh, big event they had to show off Dominaria when that released. Oh, cool. I've been uh, streaming it on my Twitch channel when I have some time, and I, I like it a lot. It feels really, really good compared to mtgo it's
1: just <laughs> i mean that's the elephant in the room right we Sorry. should let's get this out of the way now right because yeah. magic online which a lot of people call moto or mtgo was the sort of previous incarnation of magic in the digital space and
2: it, it's a giant it served its purpose yes it's, but it's bad right it's a giant behemoth program that's been lunking around and since like in, the early 2000s yeah it's got every single i mean like the number of bugs that this thing has had to deal with because it's dealing with the entire card base of Magic. You can play four player commander on there. You know, like yeah. there's a lot you can do with this program, but it's a bit awkward and is not user friendly in the least bit. The number of misclicks I made when I first started playing oh are awful. Things that you would never, ever do in real life. And it's
1: it's clunky too, it's not smooth, it looks bad. Like it yeah. just doesn't look like a modern video game. Yeah. Um and it's expensive. Yes. Like mm-hmm. Magic Online, a draft on Magic Online costs like 14 real world dollars mm-hmm. for for one drop it's like the same as in paper which is crazy. well considering the cards yeah.
2: are worth way less and you can't redeem them for the most part in on in a real life version yeah. as well yeah. so it's, it's it's you know it's not oh yeah
1: mtgo does have redemption set redemption so they did this weird thing where they decided like if you collect a full set of digital cards on magic online mtgo you can for a certain time window turn in those cards, pay a fee, and then receive in the mail, in physical. the real world, a physical set of the cards. So there was this weird tie between the digital world and the real world. It would affect pricing of cards and things like that. It also made it so that it was hard for them to sort of lower the prices on Magic Online because mm-hmm. they would be
2: affecting the price of the cardboard cards. From what well, all... I understand, not many people did it, but it did have some there were, small effect.
1: There were businesses that did it, right? So an individual yes. person was yeah. unlikely to do it, but there were people that would just order hundreds of these because they could collect the cards at a profit, turn it around, sell the sets or, or the individual cards. And it's a lot of work. Yeah. But it would re- literally yeah. affect the market. Um, and that I think was to the detriment of magic online because it kept the prices like super high for a long time. And, and arena is not going to have any of that at all. Right. In fact, you can't even trade the cards in arena. It's very like hearthstone. If you've played it where um, cards you open and cards you have in your collection,
2: you can't really, I mean, there's no way for me to give a card to Ashlyn or Jimmy, like, right. yeah, so. Yeah, no trading and all that. Um, it is very similar to Hearthstone in that way, but as a result, we have a much more slick redesign over MTGO. Now both, I believe, are still gonna con- exist at the same time because you can't play Legacy or Vintage on right. uh, Arena, and I don't want to either, uh, really? to be honest. Well, I mean, it's like you're doing things that, if you watch MTG Arena clips, cards are flashing on the battlefield, they're you know doing effects, they're doing cool things, in legacy you're doing such like very specific crazier vintage e- even crazier things that you it doesn't work with what mtg arena is trying to do which is make magic fun to play and if you are very in like deep 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 into magic then yeah go to moto and play the formats for way cheaper there uh those really old ones but mtg arena is definitely focused on standard and the current sets and uh i believe brawl soon as well mm-hmm. and looking like a modern video game like yeah, yeah. It most has, importantly
1: like, it has like sound effects and like music the cool graphics sometimes if you play like glory bringer it's dragon pops out and blows fire all over the whole battle yeah
2: by the way i never played glory bringer they always played against me (laughs) yeah Yeah. so you've seen the fire (laughs) but the maps are animated and stuff so i mean it wants to feel and look like a modern video game and i think it's done a very good job so far i I played the beta i was part of the announcement and everything that i've seen so far i've been like great this looks awesome this works i haven't run into any issues that that are game breaking at all for me so far Yeah.
1: Yeah. What so when you log on to um, Arena, Ashley, how do you usually play it? Like, what are you doing? It?
3: I normally play a lot of the. Uh, I think it's right constructed right uh-huh. now mm-hmm. um, with the pre-built. Uh, well, I start with the pre-built deck, which is actually pretty nice. Like the decks that you start out with when you first jump into the game, they're great for. I think anyone you have like you
2: ten see- or something
1: of pre-built. Each two color pairing. So there's yeah. like a pirate deck and a dinosaur deck. And, yeah. And mm-hmm. uh, those cards aren't necessarily in your collection, right? But you can play them out of the pre-built deck.
3: I think they are part of your collection. You oh, have- sorry. For maybe that might be for the beta
2: yeah for the beta yeah. yeah it definitely i mean the reason that the beta is nice is that you go in and it gives you options like hey you can start playing immediately now if you want to do ranked and stuff we can we'll talk about that in a little bit how you get cards and how you really open those up and that how that system works it's different than boosters in a lot of ways but the pre decks ducks are great mm-hmm. i was sitting around just jamming random games with them yesterday and they're all pretty balanced against each other as well if you're not playing ranked constructed you're just sort of playing people around like people are just trying out for the first time too so it i works. mean that's
1: what ranked constructed is right it's just yeah, like it's, you just yeah, play
2: yeah. and it'll just try and find somebody around your level
3: <laughs> yeah i think so
2: yeah what's
1: your favorite of the pre-built decks
3: <laughs> oh man I, I like the dinosaurs yeah, yeah. Right
1: you dinosaurs. To. <laughs> because You get,
3: get
1: a yeah. to turn two. the gun master yeah yeah they'll give haste then and yeah taps to give haste and makes some cost one less like if you ever get that on turn two and they don't kill it, you're just going to win. All yeah. the dinosaurs.
3: <laughs> Although I will say, every time I've played red, played red green dinos, I get paired against blue block control Ooh. Uh, every time. Rough. Who's <laughs> playing?
2: Just, g- like, kill everything. You yeah, play, he's like nope. Counter it. Nope. He's playing control anyway. I feel like
1: I just run into that approach of the second sun deck like uh, constantly. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, which is like turn five. Uh, okay, I'm conceding. I can never win this now. <laughs> It's great though because it's fast, right? Like
2: Yes, very fast.
1: Like magic online and magic in real life. Like it's hard to be like, I start this game four or five turns saying, you know what? This is not going well, I'm just gonna concede, go on to the next game. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Like it's just like Hearthstone, where you're like, Okay, this or this matchup, this game can literally be over in seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the things I think is really cool. Um well let's talk about right now, because it's beta. You can sort of play on the ranked construction, which is just like a ladder system kind of, mm-hmm. or ELO, like you kind of go from bronze to silver to gold. Yeah, you get
2: a low ranking every time you win. You lose low when you lose. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: and you can build your own pre-built decks um, from cards. You can win packs, buy packs, and build um, from your card pool. It feels a lot like limited in the early rankings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once you get higher up, you start running into people who have got more a lot more nice. cards or, or, or bought cards and we'll talk about how to do that in a little bit and they're real decks and then <laughs> then you either buy a real deck or you lose a bunch. They um, are very real down. decks. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking standard playable decks at some yes. point point. Um, and then there's a, a constructed tournaments called Quick Constructed mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's like a kind of like a league on um, Magic Online or kind of like Kind of like, like an F and M kind of right? Yeah, yeah. Where like you their show up matches with...
2: their are prizes to be won. Yeah,
1: yeah. You 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 um you show up with your deck and then you either you you play until you've either got seven wins or three losses, whichever happens first. And based on how many wins you got before you got three losses, you kind of get prizes. Mm-hmm. And I think the prizes are like certain amount of gold and and then cards. There's card mm-hmm. rewards too for Quick
2: Construct. Have you yep. done
1: any of the quick constructed yet? I'm too like I'm I don't too I don't want to take a
2: pre-build into there, <laughs> yeah, right? You're right? Like I know for a fact I'll just get stomped on and yeah. be like I just spent a little bit of this in-game money for nothing.
1: Did you have you used like any of your cards to build a deck that wasn't the pre builds
3: Yeah. Uh we've made like a green white cat stack uh oh, nice. Yeah, it's kitties are fun. Um also the we don't have uh, Kaladesh yet, but I've been doing the Blue-Eye Auras, which right. is a lot of fun to play. Right. So by
1: the time you're hearing this, uh, Kaladesh oh, will yeah? have come out, and the whole they'll have done a th- the whole thing, and we'll talk about that. But at this point, we don't have um, Kaladesh yet or Ether Revolt, and not the full standard. So they don't even have the standard ban list yet, but they will um, by the time you're hearing this. Future. Yeah, so Quick Constructed is a weird name for it, I thought, like...
2: I thought that was the original yeah. quick play. Yeah. I was like, wait, why it's, are they why asking for an entry fee and why are these all these other things? It's like, but it is quick, right? That's mm-hmm. the reason that leagues, I think, really changed Modo for the better. Is that they should, you.
1: They should just call it mini tournament
2: or something, right? Like, yeah. just so I know what it is. Cause Ca- I didn't even eight.
1: click on it for a long time. Cause yeah. I didn't, I was like, oh. And then I was like, oh, that's the, oh, I know what that is, yeah. okay.
2: Um, Let's talk about draft though, Josh, because this is something that you've been able to do. They've been opening up certain things on the weekends, to sort of stress test some of the features and drafting is one of them. And it's a bit different than real life drafting right now. But from what you told me about it, it seems like it's a, a huge improvement for what you want to be doing, at least with your time constraints.
1: Yeah, so... On Magic Online, the only thing I ever did on Magic Online was play drafts or sealed. Mm-hmm. I, I only played limited. I never built a single constructed deck on Magic Online. I never did like a modern tournament mm-hmm. or anything. It was just too hard to gather all the cards, yeah. build that deck, learn to play it. It's a lot easier like, hey, I just need to learn this limited environment, play it. Yeah, um, yeah and it was a good practice too because we used to draft. So I'd be like, before we're drafting, I'm going to draft online a couple times oh so that i like, I got inside information. Um, So that was something I was really excited about for Arena. And right now, they only have drafting against AI, which...
2: But playing against real opponents. Right, so that's
1: confusing, right? So during the draft portion, when you're opening the packs and picking the cards, you are against um, artificial intelligence in that draft pod. But then once you've drafted all your cards and built your deck, you play against opponents with that deck, against real-life people. Um, So I was was super skeptical about that because it sounds like... Yeah, you're drafting with computers and something like well, yeah, people. Either all that All the work? decks are going to be broken and the AI is going to be horrible or all the decks are going to be not good because the AI is going to like do weird <laughs> stuff and I won't be able to read signals or whatever. And it was totally fine. It was... You could barely tell. I mean, I think there's certain strategies that people have found out like the AI doesn't like certain mm. cards and so we can skew towards certain decks. But Interesting. But mm. only, you know, it's in the margins. It's not like a huge... Uh, That's why they're difference. stress testing it too. To yeah, see yeah these exactly. Things happen. Um, but it made it super fast. And you can even just pause or quit in the middle of the draft and come back and pick it up from that point which you cannot do right it, yeah. if i'm playing bl- if i'm drafting against real people i'm in it for the entirety of that draft because mm-hmm. like how do you middle of pack two i'm like
2: uh-oh you know <laughs> i gotta go on, guys. take my dog to the dentist <laughs>
1: yeah my dog yeah exactly or i have to go to the bathroom or oh i forgot i got a phone call i gotta take or whatever yeah. i can't that's it, I'm just gonna lose that entire draft. But if you're drafting is, you AI, ah, you're just like, oh, I'll come back to it later. You come back and it's the same pack what you were on and you just pick it up. So that part of it was really awesome. Um, and then the gameplay is just great and you're just playing with your deck that you drafted
2: yeah. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, Ashlyn, what do you th- how have you felt because the game does a lot of automatic stuff for you. There's mm-hmm. also a full control mode that you can yeah. enter into. How often are you just playing and letting the game choose what mana to tap, what cards to do, and how often are you like, I need to do this so I don't mess it up?
3: I think it really depends on the deck you're playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because certain decks like you have to be very mana specific like four color decks I've noticed a lot with. Like you you want to be in more control of that. Right. Um, but more often than that with like the pre built decks, it's pretty safe to like let it tap your mana for you when you want it to. Um, a full control I don't really use. Like when it shifts from phase to phase, I let it handle all of that and like put a stop where I need it, which is really right. nice. Like I don't have to worry about holding, putting F6 down or F2, and it's it's really smooth.
1: Yeah, there's a uh, little buttons along the bottom, and you can sort of say it just for the next turn. I want to stop at this point. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like like the upkeep's the one you you kind of use the most, where you're like, well, yeah. upkeep, upkeep matters next turn, so I'm just gonna click that, and then next turn it'll stop in the upkeep and allow me to do something. But most of the time, it just Skips that because yeah. I don't have anything to do. Yeah,
2: um the mana tapping needs some work. Yes, <laughs> I do agree. Pretty stupid, and it's also going like this, which is a little tilting to me because I I look at it and I'm like that's not tapped. That it doesn't full tap. Yeah, doesn't full tap. I mean, it like fades out the color a little bit. Yeah, but it is a little tough to choose the mana right now. That's one thing that I found a little bothersome.
1: It'll it'll be interesting. Do you think that the mana tapping will? Because I think one of the big things this is going to do is introduce p- new players to magic. Like, this mm-hmm. is the new go-to, mm-hmm. right? If somebody's like, I'm interested in magic. I, once it's out officially, I'll be like, go Download- play Magic yeah. Arena because that's going to be way better to teach you. And they, we know they're going to create a new player experience and some stuff. They've talked about that. But I wonder if that's going to cause... We're gonna see, like in three years, will most people be tapping like that forty-five degree tap because that's what it is in the game. Like, yeah, it's true. I mean, don't.
2: By the way, a judge, (laughs) a judge is gonna come up and be like, "Excuse you, it doesn't look like they're tapped enough." Your opponent can't tell. Yeah. Okay, but going back to the auto tapping thing,
1: it's super hit and miss. I think I was playing the other night where like I I I was casting something and you know you get into the rhythm of like because it's like Hearthstone, you just take the card, you drag it out over the battlefield, let it go and it'll just play it and tap the mana for mm-hmm. you. And it's, you know, it's 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 usually decent at the tapping mana. And I had like an essence scatter in my hand and for whatever reason, my stupid AI decided to not leave a blue untapped. So I had like oh, a no. two mountains untapped.
2: Oops. Rather than a mountain and an island. Yeah, that you happened know? to me yeah. where I had a land that could only tap four dinosaurs. Uh-huh. And I had a lightning strike in my hand. So I played a three man dinosaur and I was left with a five color dino land and a, and a colorless <laughs> so land. And I was like, I can't even play my lightning strike because I can only cast dinosaur spells. And like then so I was like, Beater, no. <laughs> but there is a full control mode. You hit control, literally, yep. and then it enters you into a mode where you get to make all the decisions yourself. Yeah. So that means you can react to things being cast when they enter the battlefield. You get to get all of the triggers that you normally, not triggers, all of the times that you can react and have priority yes. that you would in a normal game. And you can also like, what I've started
1: to do is leave the auto tapping on because it's a little too unwieldy to not have it. Mm -hmm. But then on the spells where I'm worried about it, you can click the mana manually before you cast it and then drag it out and it'll use mana you've already used. Also, if you take the card and you sort of hold it out over the battlefield, it'll highlight which lands it's going to tap. Right. And you can look and be like, well, nope, don't want to do that, Yeah. (laughs) and then do it yourself. But sometimes you put it over and you're like, yes, those are the lands, it's fine, and then drop it.
2: Yeah. the only thing I worry about is that it will not teach people to tap correctly mm. because there are a lot of people who just automate it every single that's time. A really and, good point. And I think that's a really important skill is knowing how to, you know, sequence how you're using your mana as well. But then again, this is an introductory way to get into magic. I think the people that really want to get better at it will have to learn that. That will be part of the learning curve for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there's going to be some hurdles no matter what going from digital to paper. So, um, So here's
1: a question I wrote down, which is do you think – First of all, we don't know if they're ever going to include it. Mm-hmm. But do you think that this, the digital setup, the way that the game is designed right now, will, will even work for Commander? You know, we got a lot of Commander players out there, so I figure it's, it's relevant.
2: Ashley, I think you have the most hours in this game. Do you think something as complex as Commander. I mean, what's the most complex board state you've had? In, oh, man. Because I've seen some where, like, you know, there are 50 infinite tokens or whatever. Yeah. Infinite tokens, yeah, and it gets really sloppy, really crazy, because there's all these little lines going everywhere where everything's blocking, but.
3: I don't know if I could see that happening. I mean, probably not. F- I can't see, like, multiplayer. Right. I have a hard time yeah, envisioning multi- how that would work out.
2: I don't even know if it could, given the screen size. Yeah. And what it feels like it's not
1: it set up for, like, more than two players, basically. Yeah, exactly.
3: But complicated board states. Like, the most complicated I've had is with, like, a bunch of sapper lanes out or, like, a bunch of tokens. And, it. yeah, it gets pretty unwieldy after a while. It's mm-hmm. hard to read the cards because they get really small and turn less.
1: Yeah. It, like Hearthstone has a natural thing where like you can only just fit the game just is designed yeah, where like ten things match yeah. yeah yeah ten things but Magic isn't designed that way and so once you start getting into like infinite tokens or something the game's not great at figuring out what to do and and yeah they can be teeny 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 tiny like super tiny to the point where you're like you're having trouble clicking on the ones you want
2: yeah. It I, mean, I mean, in those cases, you're usually not too frustrated because you have infinite tokens, yeah, so you're winning that game. <laughs> Probably going well. <laughs> One of the problems, though, and why Modo actually does this better is that it's able to stack cards really cleanly because yeah. yeah. it's 2D. In this game, you're on a perspective. There's a lot more weight and heft to everything, and sometimes cards are floating because they're flying, mm-hmm. so it just makes it a lot harder, I think, to like organize that space in a clear and concise way once you get it to be really overcrowded. Most so, games, though, I don't think will get there. We know they're going to have Brawl on... I mean, they've said it,
1: and I think they're implementing, by the time you've seen this, they may have implemented um, uh, Singleton. They don't call it Highlander. They call it Singleton, Mm -hmm. but Highlander. um, Four Brawl, like decks that, like some kind of format that only allows one Mm -hmm. of any given card besides basic lands. So, it'll be interesting to see if they do try and make it work in multiplayer. I really can't see that being
2: working with the setup they've got with the layout. They would have to change it to a top-down. Because right now, it's like you're kind of at a thing and you're looking at an opponent.
1: Or they could give you some sort of camera um, that you can control. So... You could whoa,
2: you could, but it's 3D, <laughs> right? So you could
1: right z- not that you can control exactly, but maybe like multiple camera positions, hands, yeah. You know, like old uh, 3D Mario games, <laughs> you couldn't really control the camera, but you could set it in one of like three or four different positions. Sh- right, I see what you mean. Sh- yeah. Sh- so maybe there's an overhead. There's and then there's each player's, and then the normal like your board yeah. state. So yeah. you can look at everybody's board state. I don't know. That seems crazy. They're not going to do that. <laughs> it um, seems very tough.
2: Yeah especially like attacking different people as well how do you signify that you know there's a lot that goes into multiplayer that is very intense um i i you know brawl they said is great as a 1v1 format so i could see that being their singleton format it makes sense for me that at least in that world
1: okay so the next question i wrote down is will this be good for magic as a whole like how is arena going will it be good and will like how do you think it's going to affect the game of magic
3: I think it's actually a really great step in the right direction. I personally, when I first got into Magic, I started with duels on right. Xbox. Mm-hmm. So that's, that was my introduction to Magic. So to have something new and revamped that anyone has access to and is super easy to pick up, play, learn about the cards, I think it's, it's great all around.
1: I, I mean, it feels like a game changer to me for Magic. Like this is going yes. to make it accessible to a lot of people that mm-hmm. it just wasn't before.
2: And it bears the familiarity of what Hearthstone has created in the marketplace. People see it and they go, oh, I, I understand how this works. The yep. cards come down, they do a flashy thing, they make a sound effect, and they attack, and they're doing damage. Okay, cool, I can get into this. Um, for me, it's a lot of, is it too little, too late?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, you know,
2: Hearthstone has been out for quite a while. It's sort of done the thing where it dominates the market space, but... Magic is a game that a lot of people, I'm so surprised every time I talk to someone, I tell them I have a Magic podcast. They go, oh my gosh, I used to play Magic all the time. And that happens, I'd say like eight times out of 10 sometimes with people I talk to. So if this is a way to get those people back into the game, then great. I think it's going to bring in a lot of new players too. Because if you think about the barrier
1: to entry to play Magic right now, it is incredible that the game is as successful as it is. Because first of all, how do you play it? gotta go to a store you gotta (laughs) go to a store so first of all you gotta buy the thing then you gotta find someone else that knows how to play
2: and hopefully it's playing at your level as well
1: otherwise you're just gonna be discouraged honestly Mm -hmm. and it's hopefully like kind of a good teacher because it's a complicated game yeah okay those steps are gone the game will teach you how to play they're gonna work through that i'm sure and it'll be you know tested and tested until it's pretty good at teaching how to play you don't have to figure out you have to go anywhere mm-hmm. to buy the cards or whatever. And you don't have to find an opponent or somebody to play against. Yeah. Right. That's all provided for you. You can't do that now because no one in their right mind is going to be like, oh, you're interested in magic? Go check out magic online. That'll help you. That'll <laughs> oh just be Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> oh, my gosh.
3: Not only do you have to learn the mechanics, but here's how you do the hotkeys, by the way. <laughs> yeah. You also have to <laughs> learn
2: how uh, this type of video game worked
1: 15 years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah. And, and out- if you misclick, there's literally no undo button. Oh, yeah. And by so... the way, if you want to do anything, it's
1: at least 50 bucks just to try it. Yep. Yeah. You know, whereas this is going to be free to play to try it. I think it's a huge game changer as far as the amount of people it's going to sort of open their eyes to yeah. the game. And I agree that Hearthstone has sort of. It's a saturated market now, right? You list all those games, there's Hex, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the one thing Magic has going for it is that it has stood the test of time as far as like. Yeah. We know that game is good. Like, it's one of the great games of any kind, like ever created. So i think it's really in that circumstance it's just a question of how many people can it sort of be exposed to that will have a chance to like because there's got to be a ton of people in the world that would love magic mm-hmm. they just haven't it hasn't been presented to them in a way that they've been able to try it right right so yeah i think this is i think this is huge
2: yeah um what do you th- so? What about Duel of the Duels of the Planeswalkers brought you in originally? Did you like the program a lot? Was it something, or was it just like because it's there and I can play it? It's just what I'm going to use.
3: No, I, I liked the, using the program. I thought it was really easy to pick up and learn how. To, like in, learning Magic to me was really easy compared to what I've heard from other people sometimes. Right. <laughs> and, because of duels. Yeah, because of duels, and it was just easy to play. And you didn't have to wait for an opponent. You just played against the AI. Uh, you went down a little storyline and built your deck as you got cards. So it was really easy.
1: Yeah, and we heard last episode, um, Kessler and I got in a little bit of a debate about exactly how much of it. But, in it, I mean, there's no way to deny that duels was a big reason, a big piece of the puzzle as to yeah. why magic sort of blossomed and exploded when it did mm-hmm. during that time period. Yeah.
2: Um, and I think this can have a similar effect right now,
1: probably even to a higher extent.
2: Yeah, because I th- how many people have I talked to also that have said, oh, I want to try magic, but I, you know, People that well, watch
1: Game Nights. We yeah. get messages
2: from them all the time. This looks really fun. I don't even know
1: anything into magic, but I don't know anybody that plays. So how do I? Yeah, and you know. We can say things like you should go to an LGS and meet people, but how daunting is that? <laughs> so daunting! Right? So yeah. I'm going to walk into a place I've never been, and what am I going to do? Just talk to a random person? I'm go- an
2: extrovert; yeah. I wouldn't even want to do that. Yeah. You know, yeah, think of someone that even just is like, no, I don't want to go into a public space I've never been to. I'm not going to p- spend cards with. Some- and we- there's so many sorts of people getting scammed at mm-hmm. trades and stuff. Like, there's so much that could go wrong.
1: And think about all the people you know and are friends with in your life. How many of them have you made a concentrated effort of like, I'm going to make a friend right now? That's a hard thing to do. Yeah, and it's kind of what you're doing when you're trying to like find an opponent when you don't know anybody that plays so this will all that just gone here's a question is this is this going to sort of
2: be the eventual death of the cardboard game though it might be i'm wondering if it's going to affect standard mostly cuz i think if you, if you the people that love commander the people that love playing multiplayer you can't replicate that experience anywhere else people that play commander on Modo even are like this is not even close to as good cuz well. the social right. interaction can't yeah. be yeah and like legacy and vintage those cards have already been around and they're already kind of dying right am i wrong in saying that
1: no i think it's pretty well documented that legacy itself is kind of like just dying a slow death and that like not very many people
2: can even afford to play it yeah it's really hard to get into um i think this might be the death of the climb of how many people enter standard because Mm. a lot of people are going to But how many
1: people play Paper Magic then because that's I mean most of Paper Magic, right? Yeah, Yeah.
2: but I think a lot of those I mean like I think it's the new players coming in I think for the most part if you start in arena, you're not going to make the transition to cardboard necessarily But I could see people doing the other way around What do you think about Ashlyn? Do you think this is going to have an effect on the cardboard version of Magic?
3: Yeah, I think so Um. I personally have played a lot more Arena since it's come out. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I've been finding myself going, like I go to pre-releases now when I have the time and mm. everything, but I've been playing a lot more Arena just because it's more accessible. And yeah. I mean, accessibility is key right
2: now. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, like, I only do really make it out to pre-releases at LGS is now. It's just a lot of work
0: i've
2: even missed like the last three pre-releases
1: because you know we've just been so busy with game nights that's always the weekend before game lights releases right. so i can mm-hmm. never go to a pre-release so yeah i played in the preview event for battle bond which is really fun and that's the first time i've played a live game of magic outside of our play group right mm-hmm. we luckily we work in a magic content place so we can play games here which we do and we'll have people come over to you know from our playgroup. But as far as like going out in the world with strangers and playing magic, I haven't done it since one time, maybe in the last six months. Whoa. Because A it's hard. Yeah. And Magic Arena is just so much easier. Um Yeah. But I think and I think people are worried about that aspect and they love the cardboard game. And they're like, there's a there's a part of you that's like You don't... It's it's sad, right? But it's inevitable. And if magic doesn't do this, something else, Hearthstone or whatever, is eventually going to push so much into the space that it'll still kill cardboard magic, right? Yeah. I I feel like the world's not going to be set up in a way in 10 to 15 years that playing an analog game in the physical world is really going to be... Like at some point, aren't we just all plugging into the matrix? At a certain
2: <laughs> point, but there is—I mean, like outside of just magic, there's been a crazy resurgence in just board games. Yes. True. So if you look at true. Kickstarter, if you look at all the like different companies that have now that are now just very successful, only yeah. making board games because people, I think, our age again, like having grown up playing them and then now having expendable income, are like, I want to go back to this thing that I really liked. So I think there's going to be a crowd for it always. But magic is just a weird zone. But it's niche, right? Like that. Yeah, it's yeah. niche. Yeah. But so- magic's in a weird place. I don't know.
3: Do you think that it could go to where competitively it's online and then more social-friendly play stays in cardboard?
2: Oh, man, I don't know. Because the GPs and stuff still have great attendance. You know, a lot of people are watching it now. The Pro Tour last Pro Tour had like 33,000 people watching yeah. on Twitch, which is a big. Those are big numbers. I think numbers. that's low, though. I
1: think they've been in the 40s before. I think they were down yeah, a bit. Yeah, I
2: mean, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, I feel like competitive is always going to still be a – face to face game. I think casual if anything is going to be on arena.
1: That's interesting. I would think competitive would be very well suited to arena cuz think of all the things it does for you. Cheating's way harder. True. Mm-hmm. Um also like judging and stuff way easier. Mm-hmm. The yeah. game does most of that for you, maybe all. Um also pairings, things like shuffling, downtime, also if I'm watching a game on arena like I can probably, you, it's not going to be too hard to set it up so I can like mouse over the cards and look at the ones I don't know so they don't have to worry about all the stuff that they have to worry about now. Right. Yeah. I feel like Hearthstone tournaments and streamers, that's part of the reason why their numbers are astronomically higher than Magic. Oh, r- for sure. Yeah. Because, because it's Moda's so much easier to watch. watch. Yeah, well, yeah. and physical Magic is awful to watch. Yeah, 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 And for sure. so, you know, I think that, I, I think we're going to move towards more like Hearthstone is where Pro Tours and things will be, Play digitally. It just solves so many issues mm-hmm. that they've got, um, and maybe you have the players still sitting across from each other because that's the part you lose, and yeah. that's why Commander doesn't work, which is the social, the nonverbal mm-hmm. interaction. The well, thrill the of, of victory. They lock them in their own rooms. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so they can't even talk to each other. But so you it's... still want thrill of victory, agony of defeat. That's just a huge. It's like. It's part of being a person is like reacting yeah. to the emotions of somebody else. And part of the draw of watching those things, honestly, is like the celebration when you win or the yeah. heart, heartbreak when people yes. lose. Yeah. yeah, That's why reporters are always sticking microphones in, in athletes' faces <laughs> either after they've won or lost and going, like, how did this how feel, do feel? Or what did yeah. you think? Yeah. yeah, because that's really the draw, right? It's not like recount, you know, what happened. It's like, how did it feel when it happened?
2: Um, it's interesting. We'll have to see what happens I would just, I would much rather watch arena online. Yeah. And because I watch a lot of Twitch on my phone, it is impossible. Oh my to watch gosh! Magic so small on your phone if it's paper, even a Modo, because you're just like, if you even have like.
1: Even if you know every card, and we do, we do set reviews for them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And you're still like, what
3: is that? <laughs> and one of the other big things with uh, the uh, paper version is it's so hard to see people's hands and what they have in it when True. you're trying to watch it competitively. Well, do
2: you you see them at the pro tour with their iPads being like, please just hold your hand up, and they're like. Got it.
1: Okay, got this. (laughs) Even then, it's like this little text. If you're watching it on your phone, it's just like, and you have to know what it does because it just tells you casting cost and name. And you're like, wait, is that the two minute two three or is that the three minute three two? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's tough. Okay, Um, okay. All right. So that's sort of the gameplay discussion. Now we're going to move on and we're going to talk about the game economy. Oh yeah, we have a traditional. Oh man,
2: nailed it. it Nailed it.
1: Okay. So we're going to talk about the economy in Magic Arena. This is kind of the big, most controversial part about it. And one of the parts that's still in flux. They're still sort of messing with it. That's why it's in beta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they've got a a system right now that's not that different than Hearthstone, honestly, or any of these games. They have two types of currency, gems and gold. They're trying on purpose to sort of keep a way that you can sort of tell what cost real money dollars and what you can get through like player rewards and free-to-play systems so the gems are purchased uh, you know using your credit card or whatever mm-hmm. yeah um and the gold is stuff that you can either mostly you just win it as rewards for like quests so there's daily quests just like hearthstone and it'll say mm-hmm. um i don't know play 25 lands yeah. and then you'll get 500 gold yeah 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 or cast 25 green green spells red, red spells, red yeah. spells yeah, yeah they do it for every color I think when you first that's start that's the great yeah. thing about the uh, pre-constructed decks right Is like, I'm like I need green or black spells well cool. pre-constructed deck play that deck for, yeah. <laughs> until I, until I uh, pass this quest and then you get gold for like each win up to a certain amount yes so I believe like the first five wins you get gold and mm-hmm. then you can win a certain amount of packs per week I think
3: yeah it scales up like I think like every five wins you get gold, and like every like 10 or 15 you get a pack, they've been messing with it and changing it.
1: Yeah, so when you're watching this, it may have changed. Um, so don't quote us on the exact numbers, <laughs> but the way that that's set up is that you oh. do quests, you play games, you get wins, and you win gold and packs. Um, and gems are purchased. And gems can be used to enter events or buy packs. Yeah. So yep. it sounds more complicated than it is once you're in it. The, the big innovation, the really sort of thing that nobody else has done is they have wild cards. Yeah, wild cards are what we
2: need to talk about.
1: So wild cards are cards in each rarity level. So common, uncommon, rare, and mythic. Sometimes when you open a pack, um, and I think you can win them in certain events, Mm -hmm. um, you'll get like a wild card at a certain rarity level. And that card you can turn in for any card at that rarity level. So if you want Glorybringer, (laughs) but you haven't happened to open any in your packs or anything... But you're building a deck and it just needs Glory Bringer. You can say, Oh, I've got a rare wild card. I'm going to cash that in now. And that rare wild card goes away. And now you have a Glory Bringer in your collection. And that's it. You can never turn the Glory Bringer back into the wild card. Right. You've done the one time swap for it. This is supposed to allow you to construct the decks that you want to rather than being sort of forced to play only what your packs open. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys messed around
2: with your... I'm so scared to use my wild card. Well, it's because you need to build a deck with it. <laughs> yeah. I was watching Kenji do the red deck wins version of it, and he was like, all right, well, I got to use this on Hazaret, And, you know, he was able to build a pretty close version of that Raymond of Ruins deck originally. But it was sucky because he was like, well, if you ever want to build another deck, you got to grind all these wild cards or just hope you get lucky with your packs. And that's why, because there's no trading, you got to use the wild cards. hmm have you used any of your wild cards after? I
3: have. I was terrified at first, but I finally, like, same thing. I was like, I got to build this deck right now. And I really like them. Like, it is scary because you have to hold on to them. But it's really nice that you can trade it one for one. Because I don't think yeah. there's many games that do that right now. Like, you can collect dust and whatever to build to get, you get a like card.
1: 25%. So, you'd need to get, get rid of four cards of the same rarity to build the one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: exactly. So you're Something like that. And so, here you can just trade one to one. And I think that's just really helpful.
1: What deck did you build with or what do you use your wild cards on what cards?
3: I uh, uh Carnage Tyrant oh, for nice. the dino nice. deck. Yeah. Got to have that especially against blue black control.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they can't do anything once <laughs> you cast that. They're like, "Uh, nope, <laughs> now sticking. what?" So that's the only is that the only rare wild card you used or?
3: Um, and I think what is it History of Benalia? Oh yeah. Oh, we yeah, got yeah, two yeah. of those. Mythic? Yeah. Oh, that card. I know.
1: Ridiculous.
3: <laughs> I didn't uh, want to do it, but I did. I was like
1: Ugh. Was was that for like a specific deck is that because that's not a dinosaur deck
3: no yeah i was trying out a um a nude brew for the blue white auras
1: see that's you're brave and i wish i was like you and i think in the beta i probably should be because they're gonna they're gonna wipe all this but that's what i don't like about the wild card is that like it it feels like it discourages brewing because because you know exactly hey i need x for this Mm. well it's like okay here are my choices i can build uh, red black just won or no sorry mono red just won the pro tour but red black was like seven of the top eight decks Yeah, I can, I can build that deck or I can build this other deck that I think will be good but if I use my wild cards on one I can't build the other Yeah. well I'm going to build the one that I know is good because that's going to allow me to win more games which will allow me to collect more gold and win more little quick constructed mini tournaments and things like that and so I feel like I'm forced to build to be less um creative right i can't yeah. i don't have the the leniency to try and like brew a deck that i think might be awesome but i don't know and so it's just too dangerous and well, I, maybe
2: if there was a way for you to also convert cards like yeah. the four to one that wasn't just wild cards to get cards that you wanted so yeah. that gives you at least a little more freedom to build decks i mean i can see why they may not want to do that they probably don't want people to all just get tier one decks immediately mm-hmm. you know have to kind of work for it but magic has always been a pay-to-play game and, you know, in real life, you just go and give a certain amount of money to get a card for a deck. Right. You don't need to wait to get a Mythic-specific wild card. You know, so it's interesting how they're balancing that here. Yeah,
1: I, I do feel like you're punished for using your wild cards a little bit too heavily. And and, and that's going to, I don't know, it's kind of a big deal. I, I do wish they had some sort of dusting or crafting, yeah, some mm-hmm. way to turn in your cards. Like, they don't want trading with other players for obvious reasons. It creates all these weird real-world money things that they right. don't want to deal with. But couldn't you have it so I can trade with an AI? Why, why isn't there a shopkeeper, right? And um, I can go in and 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 they can set the shopkeeper and and because this is called the LGS. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's called Card Kingdom. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, but why can't they have something like that? And that way they could even you know because one of the things they they can't do or deal with in Magic Arena is like some rares are awesome and oh, rare are bad, Hazaret and are some terrible. mythics are like ones that like. Nobody ever plays ever. Not to
2: mention, some rares are made for Legacy and Vintage, and they <clears> just <throat> slot them into a standard set. So opening one of those in the standard format is just
1: awful. Yeah, and it wasn't even made for the game you're playing. Yeah. Right? yeah, Vintage and Legacy are not even available. You know, it's a it's a legendary creature made for Commander, and I open it in an Arena, and Commander isn't even a supported format here. And like, yeah, if I could go to the shopkeeper and be like hey, can I trade this in for X amount of gold or I can, tra- mm-hmm. you know, I'll make you an offer for those two cards and they have
2: some sort of algorithm that says,
1: yeah, yeah boom. And they could change it, like, based on, like, oh. Actual you know, real. Well, that- History of Benali is worth... You, but yeah. can you yeah.
2: actually do that because Wizards doesn't want to recognize the secondary market because you could say like oh now all of a sudden your Hazorette tie it into like yeah it costs more <laughs> yeah. you know and it's like great and then those people are really excited to open a Hazarette you know I mean the shopkeeper yeah. can just work based on rarity right yeah. yeah
3: I could do rarity and rotate out again like different days you have different stuff available for oh, certain periods of time oh, oh, like that. yeah that's good for them too yeah. right
1: like it's not always available but like oh yeah, well, yeah I gotta check the shopkeeper every day or maybe, maybe different shopkeepers different quests yeah, yeah. oh my yeah. gosh open Wizards whole thing. We um, are, are not for hire. But. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a big downside right now is the wild card system itself is cool, but the fact that it locks you in and it's so hard to sort of pivot. Yeah, uh, That's one of the most fun things about magic, right? Is brewing that deck that you're not yeah. sure, but it might mm-hmm, be awesome. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. I want to be encouraged to do that, not punished. Um, Let's talk about the average cost. Then. Okay. Because on Modo, people like playing Modo because you can build, you know, there's like deck techs for under a dollar b- decks in Commander on Modo. Um, well, and the, the
1: good thing I will say about Moto is they have a trading system. Yeah. So yes. any deck you buy, you can get most of your money back for it. So anytime you want to build a deck, you can trade your cards in that you've got to a bot, you know, for like... You get tickets. Like one ticket's yeah. a dollar, essentially. And, and you get pretty good return. Like, not, it's not one-to-one, obviously. Cause the but
2: you can do this thing where you just put all the cards in the thing and go to a bot and they'll just like, all right, I'm going to buy half your cards from you yep. like that. Mm-hmm. And it's really fast and convenient. Maybe you're not, you know, you're not min-maxing getting the max out of every single card price. But it sometimes like, great, I just got 30 tickets just exactly. for all these cards I was literally never going to touch again. And
1: you then know? you take those tickets, you go to the another bot and you go, I'm going to buy all of the cards for this deck. And then... Mm-hmm those cards you have them and then if you ever want to do them do it again you can sell them and buy the next deck um so when we're comparing prices with mtgo it's not quite fair and paperwork's sort of the same same way Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. right now um so here's what they've said the average cost to play is that And right now the only real way to sort of spend money and then get cards is just to buy packs yeah you can't buy singles directly there's no shopkeeper um and they think it takes about 120 packs, give or take, to create a tier one standard deck. So that means using the wild cards from the packs you've opened, mm-hmm. which, and so that's it, it. you get about 96 packs for a hundred dollars. So we're looking at 120 dollars. On yeah, I mean, on last standard
2: decks are closer to 300 now. So, so is that good? I think it's a much better price. Yeah. But I don't know if you're going to convince someone that is just getting into it to be like, hey. You want to play this game? It's not like 30 bucks. It's it's not the price of a video game, right? I think that's what a lot of people measure stuff up by. Like, hey, you want to, if you said you can build a deck for the cost of a video game, I'd be like, okay, not bad. But this is twice that. No. Yeah. It's over 100, which I think to a lot of new players is really intimidating. And is that something that you think you'd want to do?
3: I mean, I've been, I have been I like to grind out the packs through quests and dailies. Like, the option to have a free but time-consuming way to yeah. do it is helpful. I do think, though, as well, like, when you're starting out in a game like that, like, even with Hearthstone, you don't jump in and, like, go for a Tier 1 deck right, deck right away. That's, really so, good.
1: Right. Yeah, that's a really good point.
3: I think it, it might be okay, but, yeah, economy is still in flux right now.
1: It seems high to me. I mean, I know that's way cheaper than in paper and and, and MTGL where it's like, like you said, it's probably a little more than twice that amount. But like, you're not competing
2: with those two things. You're competing with Fallout. Mm -hmm. You're competing with, you know... I also don't want yeah your cards are going to rotate too right i think a yeah. lot of people i mean in hearthstone too right same thing happens but, but they
1: do have doesn't hearthstone have one
0: like, like eternal form or
3: something
1: yeah yeah here's this is a big question that hasn't been answered yet to my knowledge at least at the point that we've been recording this which is what happens at rotation because right now they that's have, when you really want a shopkeeper mm-hmm. yeah because right now like if i'm going to spend 120 dollars on a deck and rotation comes and there's literally no format that I'm now allowed to play some of those cards in mm-hmm. that seems bad like what game out there just suddenly at some point says oh sorry you can't play it anymore
2: yeah yeah not to mention the feel bads of like let's say that the shopkeeper doesn't does do some sort of real reflection of prices and it's like all of a sudden like boom I just like <laughs> no let's say that the there shopkeeper that does exist <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, afterwards, it'd be great if like, you can trade out the cards that just rotated out and you can get cards in the current sets, but not the new ones. Because so, yeah. I know that this is still a business model. You still need to get people to buy packs and yeah. get to the new right. set. So maybe there's a way to redeem the cards that you can no longer use. Or the
1: shopkeeper is just a very good businessman and he's not willing to pay full price for things. And so every time you turn it in, you don't get full price. But you get something back. Something back, yeah. yeah but for they, sure. I think, no matter what, they have to have some place that I can use my old cards. They have to mm-hmm. create a format because they can't just say just have like a goblin workshop. You know, that's what they call it. Yeah, they can call it just grind yeah. the cards out, make something. I like mean, that. I think they're gonna. My guess is, and I, I know nothing, right? Like, I know it gets murky because Game Nights is sponsored by Wizards, and we, we do occasionally have some insider knowledge, but we know nothing about Arena. But my guess is they're going to create a, a sort of arena eternal format like mm-hmm. they have to. Like in Hearthstone, right? They almost have to. Right? Yeah,
3: I feel like they have to. Like you want to be able to play with some of those decks for a while just like modern and legacy. Yeah.
1: And you just don't want to have your carnage nightmare that you turned a wild card into just literally you're not allowed the game won't allow you to play it. That Yeah, that would be awful. That just doesn't seem right. Like yeah. it seems morally incorrect. They have to give you some place within the game that you're still allowed to. Maybe it's not the premier place, you know, most people are mm-hmm. playing over here but if you want to use your old cards, then you can play. Maybe it's the arena format. Maybe this is what Frontier was trying to do. And mm-hmm. I could see that sort of porting over to paper too. It's like, an, it's like a new modern almost, but only, but because of arena, I could see them going like, we're gonna start, we don't know when the game's launching. Let's say it's, let's say it's, I don't know. Set, next yeah. set. Let's say let's it's, say it's um, Guilds of Ravnica. Guilds of Ravnica, okay sure. Okay, so it starts with Guilds of Ravnica, depending on how they roll out the game at that point maybe you know the arena format really only has dominaria it starts at dominaria and just goes forward basically Mm -hmm. because that's what arena has in it and that when rotation eventually hits and dominaria falls off it can still be played in that arena format which means we won't see that for like a year and a half or so but they have to do something they have to figure it out one
2: thing that i think is really interesting is that no other card game online has a physical version of it dictating what the best decks are in the online version because yeah. hearthstone i think like they, they get to it eventually right but it requires you to grind a lot of cards to build the deck slowly in the real world you can test in a much more flexible manner you mm-hmm. can be like all right well let's try taking this one card out for this one out and it's not like a, oh shoot i we'll have to grind this card and get this or whatever and I know a lot of the top players have that option but in the real world you have mil you know maybe not millions tens of thousands of people grinding for the best decks and the pro tour to show you what's the absolute best at that moment so i'm interested because i think a lot of people will get to that same feel bad of like well you just paid more money so your deck's better you know like you could buy the the pro tour deck or whatever yeah i mean in hearthstone
1: i think you have to if you want to be in the top competitive though you sure. gotta open a certain amount of packs to have access to
2: the cards to build the top tier decks right yeah so i think that's, but i, that's I no bet different. if hearthstone was a physical card game that people would it's impossible by the way yeah that people <laughs> would have figured out even better tuned versions of those decks right you think so mm-hmm. yeah for sure because you just have more people playing it Because Magic has pro teams sitting there grinding it out. You don't have like all these different pro teams across the world grinding out Hearthstone decks. I see, I'm not that familiar with the Hearthstone thing. Do they not have teams for their big tournaments? They do, but I don't know if it's as intense as and as in-depth as Magic is able to But they can scrape a lot
1: more data in general from everybody else that's playing, right, to find out yeah, things that Magic can't do. You only have Magic Online now. They've restricted a lot of that information. There's I mean, also no sideboarding, too,
2: so uh-oh. I don't mean, that exists in Magic That's Arena. That's a huge Both They're going to yeah, do that thing. either, yeah, so. It's
1: interesting to think about. Um, I'm not sure how that affects everything. I, there was a quote here that was uh, on one of the Wizards of the Coast forums for Arena. Um, this was from somebody at WOTC. Because there were some concerns about the cost of sort of building your tier one decks versus like Hearthstone, which I think like 50, $60 on average, gets you a tier one deck oh, and okay. I, Oh, okay. The numbers may be slightly off, but it was cheaper. Good price. And uh, this is from Watsi. it's a direct quote. It says, collection cost. Magic has a lot more depth and diversity than other games. Due to this, it's cost, or it costs more to unlock an entire magic set. But wild cards let us reduce this cost because we can give out more card rewards. We're more expensive in total, but we also offer a lot more gameplay. This was a very controversial quote um, that was getting yeah. a lot of people riled up online over the last like week or so um, of Wizards basically saying that they're okay with their game being more expensive. It's kind of like, yeah, we're more expensive, but we're better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about that?
2: No comment. <laughs> I don't know, right? I don't know if you can equate better gameplay to a more expensive game because you could say two video games cost the same and one is incredibly better, but you can't. you're not going to charge more money for it. Yeah. You know, I could see that being like World of Warcraft. Sure, pay a monthly subscription fee, but I don't think you can justify price based on gameplay that is also, I guess, very subjective. You could have a Hearthstone player come in and be like, "This game sucks," right? Right. Like, what do you mean it's better? I'm going to pay more for this game? No. Look at all these things I don't like about it. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, this is like from a Magic player's perspective. So I don't know. I mean, it seems like a bad mindset, and I hope they change
1: it. Which is like, hey, it's okay for... Because as much as we were sort of like super happy on the gameplay and like saying like, oh, it's a game changer and like it changes everything. The one way you could mess it up is to sort of put it at a place that's unattainable for a lot of people, right? Like you undo all that stuff we said earlier about like, hey, it brings new players into the game, Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. If all of a sudden it's just expensive and that just like automatically like this amount of people just aren't going to play it.
3: No, absolutely. Especially in, like, the digital world, like, people's time and attention span can change like that. You want to be able to keep them in and keep them playing. So having a higher bar for that compared to something like Hearthstone or other mobile games. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and that's right. This doesn't have a mobile version either. It's not easy for people to jump in unless they have a computer necessarily. Yeah, that's a great point about the digital world because, like... I know a lot of people that are just it just takes one thing for them to be like, nah, I'm good. It's too many other options. Yeah, yeah too many other options. You, you have a wealth of other options. And I, I feel like Magic has done this for a very long time, which is bank on the people's nostalgia to be able to keep them in the game and for them to forgive whatever slight they have felt or like anger they have towards something. Be like, well, I love the game, so then it overrides this, which is something that I think has a la- limited amount of time before that goodwill will just not work because you'll have new, so many new players that don't have that prior history of it.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: yeah dangerous one thing i will say is drafts um are lining up to be and this is probably the
1: primary way i'm gonna consume magic arena Me too um they're lining up to be fairly cheap and quite a bit cheaper than magic online and real life um i think somebody did some evs i saw on reddit or something and they were making a lot of assumptions so these aren't exact but they're probably close. closest like the average draft will probably cost you like meh, a little under two bucks or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. which is pretty great i mean if you're an average player right if, yeah just for the average player so if you're really bad you probably shouldn't be drafting yet you should probably but if you win like half your games or a little over then and i was like that's pretty good yeah because you figure you know the drafts are, are are fast-ish but still like if you if you do you know i mean how many drafts are you gonna do like a week i'm not a streamer or anything i'm gonna do two you yeah. know yeah That's pretty great for the for the price for the that seems like good value as far as like entertainment dollar mm-hmm. true
3: so and on top of that you also get the option to use currency you the the gold that you've earned through just playing the game and completing quests to uh do a draft if you want as well
1: yeah that's actually a really good point if i'm gonna do two a week one of them is probably free actually mm-hmm. because yeah. I, I think you can earn like one draft through the gold rewards from the quests and the daily wins and things mm-hmm. and you get to keep all the cards that you get so you can be helping to build that tier one deck or a good deck that's going to allow you to also like climb the ladder or make your wins faster and make those quests easier Um, yeah that was something I I liked about it okay we're going to move into the sort of questions the future what we don't know about uh, Magic Arena yet either things they maybe have talked about or hinted at or things they haven't and you know I think the shopkeeper would fall under this (laughs) yeah
2: does he sell potions too (laughs) have you seen that video it's very very original Um, Um,
1: because remember it's still closed beta and the game is sort of changing all the time and and that's one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode because you know we get to get our thoughts out there hear your thoughts and you know hopefully we know people like gavin verhey and things do occasionally listen to our show and and That means any comment you make in the comment section is something that Wizards could
2: hear. Also, everyone's free to sign Mm -hmm. for the closed beta right now. Yeah. Um, So you can just go. We'll have the link below as well. So you can just check that out. And you know, if you're accepted, I mean, I would recommend downloading the program just to play it. Just to be like, wow, magic in a new, pretty fun format. Super fun. Um, Yeah, I'm hoping we can get some beta
1: keys to give out at some point. Probably not in this episode, but... Mm -hmm. Okay, so... You know, Ashlyn, we didn't say, but you've worked in the video game industry for a while here. Um, As a person in that <laughs> world are there any things you see that you wish would be done or they'd think about or or anything like that
3: um i think one of the the bigger things is definitely being able to play it on mobile mm. ios android um, just having that accessibility is really, really nice. The shopkeeper, I think, is a really, really great idea. You, I could just picture like different bundles and offers that you could be doing uh, just to keep people interested and having a little bit of variety in the game as well.
1: Mm-hmm. And you could do the things Hearthstone does with the shopkeeper, which is like you could have different borders on your cards. Yeah. Or you could right. have, you know, that's things the shopkeeper... They, they've said they're going to have skins and things like that, so maybe that's a...
2: Bling out your deck yeah. in a different way. The mobile,
1: the tablet thing, I think is...
2: That has to be number one. They've
1: gotta do it. They did it in Unity, right? So that they can
2: bring it over to Mac and I would hope so, yeah. Yeah. I I mean, look, if they're not going cross-platform mobile, that, I think, would be the death knell of this entire thing.
1: It'd almost be like just repeating the mistakes of the past with Magic Online if they didn't do that, right? Well, I mean,
2: like, we've been playing Slay the Spire a lot, and I've talked to a lot of friends, and they're like, if they don't make a mobile version of this game, it's not going to succeed. I'm like, yeah, it makes total sense. It's so easy, too, because you just... Yeah, and, like, 90% of people, like, are using their phones for everything now. It's very rare. I mean, on all my YouTube channels, pretty much... The vast majority of people are watching it on mobile. I think Game Nights is one of the few shows and ours because it's a podcast and you can put it on a computer at work that people watch more on desktop than anything else. But in general, it's mobile everything every day now for humanity. Actually,
1: on Twitter, didn't I see you were playing with like a touchscreen computer? Yeah. It so was yeah. basically like playing it on mobile, <laughs> It right? was
3: great. Yeah, seriously. My laptop, uh, it's touchscreen. So yeah, just clicking and dragging everything. It interacted perfectly. and.
1: Mm. You're just like dragging the cards out, yep. tapping your lands, see? See? That's well, exactly right. Well, we know then it's not hard for them to do it. If you can do it that way already, yeah. then yeah. it's
3: 100% I'm sure they're just like testing everything out before they launch into the yeah, wild, this wild is, west of yeah, mobile. Think, I
2: think this is more... What they're testing out right now is like the stuff like the shopkeeper. Do we need to do this? How do we do wild cards? How do we really value this game for people?
1: You know something else I heard they're testing out? I didn't write it down, but it, I think, I believe I heard this. Okay,
2: this is where we get in trouble. I think I read this though.
1: <laughs> the, they were testing like... Um, if you open physical packs of magic cards, oh, you, you might get, get a, a, like a, little. Like a code. I think they were testing it in New Zealand. This, New Zealand's where they test all this stuff because it's like a Western country, but it's mm-hmm. very small. So you can actually use it as a there good go. analog to. Yeah, but well, Jimmy, you're going to find out pretty soon. Yeah, you, I'll, I'll let you guys know. I'll send you guys an email. <laughs> um, yeah, but that's another thing like Pokemon does and a lot yeah. of other games mm-hmm. do, right? What do you think about, about that? Like I buy physical magic cards and I get a code. That gives me digital ones. That has to be the best thing to
2: do because then you're winning on both fronts. People get to have the physical cards. Maybe you'll entrap them, not entrap. Maybe you'll drag them into the magic (laughs) world and entice them into the magic world. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you'll stuff them in the cage,
3: just (laughs) over there in a little (laughs) van. Cards.
2: (laughs) Come on in, kid. I got cards for Um, you. No, I think it like encourages what magic really wants, which is a world that's interconnected and everyone's playing magic in different ways and choosing the one that fits best for them. You know. I, but the only other problem I could see is that people like there'll be a secondary market for those codes, right? Yeah. You could just cr- think about problem, all those think about all those stores that crack open all these packs and then okay. sell the codes out. You know, that could be something. Is that a problem though? I don't know. I mean, you tell me. Is
1: it, the question would be like, well, and you're, you've come from the the, the video game world, yeah. so. I, I don't know, would it be like a thing where they would like cap it or something, you know? Does, I, I don't know how Pokemon does it.
3: Honestly, I would, I, yeah, I'm not sure how they do it either. I would honestly see it as more of like doing the, um like not cards, but like either like special things for the shopkeeper, like special trade-ins you get, special right. like skins, codes, and stuff Gems. like that. So
1: you wouldn't actually get like a pack of
0: cards. Right. Uh, so no, it would you be like ancillary things.
1: End. Oh, but gems would be sort of cards. Yeah. Because yeah. you turn them in, but you get like 25 gems or something. But right. do you think they would be like, you can only put in so many codes per whatever? I, I don't
3: know if that would work if out you well. You buy a booster box. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You
1: get 36 codes. Or do, maybe they're not in every pack.
3: Yeah, maybe it's a chance because oh, you know how it's different.
1: Interesting. But would they really care if they just said, yeah, if you want to buy six cases just yeah, for the digital I mean, codes, like have at that That's not bad for us either.
2: Yeah, I guess so. I guess there's another secondary market that would pop up if that happened but you know people, people make money in the, in the moto stores as people well people sell the yeah. token
1: cards and the emblem cards so there's yeah. no Isn't really not True. different than that yeah. I wouldn't think um, that's an interesting thing okay things we wish they had crafting
2: I, they- I think crafting is important Yeah, just that- a different way to use your cards other than only waiting for wild cards having it all banked on that it doesn't seem like a smart play
1: It just man I really don't want to be in a situation where like I built this deck and found out that like I don't have that much fun playing it and now I'm just stuck there Yeah, you have nothing
2: to do with those cards. Just let
1: me turn it into some percentage of a deck that I think I will have fun with, you know?
3: Uh, one of the things I would really like, it sounds probably a little silly, but when you're building your deck in the deck building mode, they have two different views right now. So you can switch it to like a, a side view with all the cards you can go through. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the other one that's similar to how Moto normally works, where it's like at the bottom. But I don't think you can separate it by creatures and spells right oh, now. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And I don't know. It's just something I really like to do when I'm building a deck. I guess they have the thing on the side as well, though, that shows you.
1: But it's – I'm with you. It, it, the one thing that Magic Online, MTGO, does better – than magic arena is the deck building feels way smoother and easier Mm -hmm, in mm -hmm. magic uh, uh, mtgo and i wish they would just take their cues from mtgo because that deck building is intuitive it allows you to lay it out however you want and totally really quickly too yeah i I do have trouble in deck building where i'm like how many creatures do i have and i have to physically count them Mm -hmm. or click on another thing that makes so i can't see everything else Mm -hmm. it's it's, yeah uh, that's a good one Uh, um they need to and I think they've said they're going to do this, but peer-to-peer matchmaking so I can play my friends. Well, first of all, they need to have a friends
2: list, which I think they're going yeah. to.
1: I think at one point they accidentally had, like, a little grayed-out area yeah. where it was going to be, maybe.
2: At some point. Anyway. They, they, there's no way that they have a friends list on Modo and they won't have a friends list here. They're, they're probably just slowly implementing, I'm assuming. Yeah, because... hopefully peer-to-peer matchmaking would be great.
1: Yeah. Yeah, because you want to be able to set test up, like, yeah, or your, Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's how you're going to test. And then yeah. it, it's also a way that, like... You know, you could set your own parameters with somebody and play for fun, where you don't need. You can be outside of the whole like gold and mm-hmm. that whole system. And also, if they're going to run tournaments of any kind on it, which I'm assuming they're going to, they have to have it, right?
2: Yeah.
3: Yeah, I would think so. Uh,
2: hopefully, a story mode. I'd like to. Yes. I'm sure they're going to do a story mode. You think they've so? done it with duels. They've done it with every other mobile version of the game before that they've had. You know, how did this, I don't. I'm not familiar with how well the, the, story or, the were... Magic Origins one. You just follow each of the Planeswalkers mm-hmm. through how they got their spark. And you would play different decks based on you know, if you were a Jace, you would play against Al was the final boss essentially, you know. So you you unlock certain cards? Yeah, you unlock cards along the way, your deck gets a little better, and it's very themed around your planeswalker that the story's being told and then it'll cut to the little animations in between. But at the very least it, you know, told you the story of yeah. how they all got their spark.
1: I guess it's like in Hearthstone how you like uh, you go into
2: those dungeons or whatever,
1: yeah, exactly. and then at mm-hmm. the end if you can beat it, and they're actually kind of hard.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that would be fun. Cool. It I guess like some that.
2: content they can release too. That's and it's also for the that. casual player. I think is really important to, to have stuff like that.
3: Yeah, especially if you don't want to worry about like going out and playing against like a tier one deck at any time. You're like, yeah. I, just, I just want to play Magic and not. You just play that.
2: Yeah, I, I want there to be a version that someone can buy and never have to be competitive whatsoever and still have, like, you know, a, a nice 20-hour experience that they enjoyed a bit and now know how to play Magic, too.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's actually a really good point because even if you get a Magic player at the end of that and not a Arena player, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, the formats thing we already talked about. Do you guys think that, like, our our... Like, I personally don't even care if they ever have Modern,
2: Legacy, Commander. No. Do you?
3: I, I love Modern. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know.
2: I love Modern to watch it. I just don't know if it... It, it seems like a monumental task to get yeah. all the cards in the database and to have it work. And then how do you grind those packs? You're not cracking those packs anytime yeah. soon. you have to only buy standard packs to get wild cards for Modern cards? Ooh. I mean, would they just release, like, Future Sight as, like, oh, a set? <laughs> just like they'd release Dominaria or something, right? I like, mean, they yeah. could do it.
1: All those cards are... They
2: exist. They don't yeah, have to like anything. Yeah, but only five of them are played in, you know, in, in modern. So it's just, I don't know. I feel like you would, it'd be weird, but it, maybe. The shopkeeper could do it, I guess. Yeah. Just have the <laughs> key cards. The shopkeeper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so exactly. many options
3: with that shopkeeper.
2: <laughs> I know.
1: Um, So here's a big question, and I don't think anybody really knows the answer long term, but what happens to Magic Online, right? Because even I have some amount of resources tied into it Mm -hmm. do you have any like Uh, tickets and cards and stuff right
3: yeah i have i have tron built on there several different tron decks
1: so what do you think happens long term to magic online does it still exist peripherally or it feels like marina is gonna eventually kill it right
3: i I personally i think it's gonna kill it
2: Eventually. eventually how fast do you think that happens
3: I don't know. I mean, because there still is like legacy and modern commander mm-hmm. on that. But I personally have found myself drifting more towards playing arena just because it's, again, barrier to entry. It's free to do. I can mm-hmm. don't have to worry about tickets or anything. So I feel like it, it will probably be a pretty steep drop after, right after like, it goes live.
1: Right away? Yeah. What are you planning to do in preparation for that? Are you going to like, are you going to keep your
2: modern? Tr- I guess <laughs> oh, you, you would because you can't play modern yeah. on arena though. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know.
3: I, I honestly haven't thought about it. <laughs>
2: I think it's going to stick around for quite a bit because it's the upkeep is going to be much easier once they. I think at a certain point they'll stop introducing standard sets to it,
0: and, and then and
2: then they'll maybe put the card pools in, but they won't have to worry about. I don't know. I, I feel they'll, like they'll just kind of stop supporting it. You think it's supporting it, but they'll do it in a way that keeps modern, legacy, vintage alive for those events that people want to do it. But even at a certain point, I, I, I'm sure that, that they have to eventually just see. Okay, is this making us enough money to pay the employees that it takes to upkeep it? And once it stops being that way. They'll find a way to either get people out, reimburse them somehow. I'm not sure how, uh, but I think that's years down the line, though.
1: My big worry is they're going to make decisions for Arena based on the fact that they don't want it to impact Magic Online, and that's going to be detrimental to Arena long term, right? So yeah, hopefully that's what I don't want them to do. Yeah, I hope they're like, listen, Magic Online can limp along for as long as it's relevant, but we're not going to make decisions with Arena that because we're worried it's going to affect the other because we need one really good product mm-hmm. rather than two. Okay. Or one that's good and one that's okay. We want we need a great one, you know? Yeah. And, and if that happens to cannibalize the mediocre one, you know, even though that, see, I'm worried because it, it's a moneymaker for them still even though it's not like the biggest digital game out there. It's still, mm-hmm. yeah. That's something that we're going to have to wait and see on. Okay. That's going to be our discussion on Magic the Gathering Arena. It is pretty exciting and if you haven't, applied to get into the closed beta you really should and they're letting people in all the time Um, Mm -hmm, yeah yeah try it out it's fun it's i think people think like oh i'm just never gonna get picked but honestly like terry our editor he just applied like we didn't get we we didn't like get a bunch of codes from wizards jimmy and i got one and that's kind of it and terry just got in like before i even got my code from wizards it wasn't that hard (laughs) yeah so i would encourage you to apply and try it out and i think it's gonna be a really good tool to get your buddies and your friends you know people that intro some of the
2: magic with it. Yeah. yeah. Just see what happens. Don't we all have play people a in our computer. life
1: that are like, they know that magic exists mm-hmm. and they might even ask you a question about it or be like, oh yeah, I've seen people playing that mm-hmm. and that's their knowledge. And until now, it's been very hard to, reel them in yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it'll be a lot easier now oh you know what you should just download this yeah 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 okay all
2: right to the listeners if you play magic the, the mtg arena let us know what you think of it if you tried it out or if you're ready to play some more or if you want to even see more content about it in the future we may you know there's a very strong possibility that i will be streaming it uh on facebook josh and i both might be streaming it from the command zone account as well so if you guys are interested in that kind of content i know we had the twitch live stream a long time ago for episode 100 but if you guys want to see us stream this game, or if you want to have thoughts about it, you know, make sure you let us know. In and the Ashlyn, comments. you stream it, right? Yeah, Ashlyn streams it. Ashlyn, where can people find you for that stream?
3: Twitch.tv Ashlyn underscore Rose.
2: Ashlyn Rose. Cool. And we'll have all those links, of course, in the more. You also do below.
1: like a lot of pack openings and stuff too, right? I've yes. turned, in if crack if boxes. <laughs> turned in for you cracking a box or two. That
3: is that is like probably my favorite part of the stream, honestly, is like cracking open an entire is box. That because in magic. it gives
1: you an excuse to rationalize what you're doing. Probably. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to crack all the boxes, but I feel bad. So if I was doing it for entertainment purposes, <laughs> yeah. I used to do those unboxing videos and I was like, this is sweet. Yeah, I just Do, could do it okay. for fun. Yeah. yeah. And if you want to crack open boxes, then what you can do is go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone and use that affiliate link when you buy your booster boxes your magic singles your other products like ultra pro dice sleeves all that stuff Mm -hmm. you really are supporting this podcast and game nights we super appreciate all the support you guys show us and people are constantly tweeting at us their card kingdom orders and what decks they're building it's fun to be like oh you just got a guy's cradle that's gonna be sweet
2: so thanks for sharing and thanks for supporting us. Yep. And of course, like Josh said, ultra pro products available at cardking.com com slash command zone and your LGS and a lot of big box retailers as well. So pick up some of that product if you get the chance. Okay. okay. Moving on to the end step, where we talk about something cool outside the world of magic. Jimmy Wong is up to bat and Jimmy Wong has an announcement and Jimmy Wong will stop speaking in the third person. Now I am going <laughs> out of town for a undetermined amount of time, but it will be a significant amount of time. And by out of town, we mean out of the country. Yeah, I will be flying to New Zealand very, very soon. Probably, definitely by the time that this podcast airs. Maybe even by the time the last week's podcast airs as well. That's why I won't be in g That's why Vegas. we're doing two at once. Yes, and trying to film as much as possible. There may be a couple of times when I come back in this process, but right now, conservatively, if I had to be very, very conservative about it, I would say I'm going to be leaving from the middle of June, which is after this podcast is out, potentially all the way through november maybe even december wow so So maybe the rest of
1: this year now we're hoping jimmy will be able to sort of like remotely call in from time to time but definitely our podcasting um our our normal structure is going to change we're going to have some substitute uh guests come Mm -hmm. in we've got some lined up um to fill in the gap and we're unsure right now exactly what that'll mean for game nights. Hopefully Jimmy will be able to come back and still maybe not miss a beat, but there might be a game nights or two that he can't make it to. Uh-
2: it's okay. I wouldn't have drawn lands in this. <laughs> so You know, maybe it's better for me to miss it. You know? Honestly. It could be better for my mental state. Yeah, I mean I'm I I'll have the internet. I'll be in a Western country, New Zealand, with internet. Uh, there's a lot of internet there, and uh, you know the internet works in the other parts of the world. So there will be times where I think I'll we'll be able to Skype in. Um, I'm definitely going to be trying to play Magic out there. If you guys know any places around Auckland, that would be good. I believe I'll be there for the most part. Which yeah, is... any Kiwis out there, get in contact with Jimmy because Please do. he's going to need a playgroup. Yes, uh, for whatever free time I have. So I will be gone for a while. It doesn't mean I'm gone from the show entirely, but you guys will be seeing a lot more guests coming up. As well as just, I don't know, hopefully some cool new topics and some new, you know, we'll be expanding in a different way. We'll have some some old friend, friends, old and new on the yeah, show. Yeah, we've, we've definitely got some people lined up. Craig will definitely be on the
1: show a little bit more and we've got yes. a, another uh, person that's going to sub in for an extended <laughs> amount of time. We'll, we'll be cagey about it for now, but you'll find out soon enough. Very soon. All right. That wasn't, a, I guess it was outside the world of magic. That's the whole point of it. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's the whole point of it. Literally a different part of the world.
1: Um... If you want to check out another awesome magic podcast, you should tune in to our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern. Alex Kessler, who was on the the last episode, previous episode of Command Zone, and Ben Bateman. They talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. You can find them... Right next to us at collected.company or on Twitter at the MMCast.
2: And the editor for the show is Craig Blanchett. Watch the YouTube video versions at youtube.com slash the Command Zone podcast. Big thanks to Jeffrey Palmer at Living Cards MTG on Twitter for making the background animations as well as the intro and end animations for the show. And Ashlyn, where can people find you on the internet outside of twitch.tv slash Ashlyn underscore Rose?
3: At Twitter at, at Ashlyn Rose and uh, Facebook.com slash Miss m-i-s-s dot ashlyn rose
1: perfect ashlyn are there any um other events coming up that you're going to be cosplaying at
3: yes i will be i've already been to gp vegas right
1: that, that already <laughs> happened <laughs> I,
3: after that i will be at gp singapore
1: Ooh, so very excited i'm so jealous
2: i know i already told her that it has the best food in the world so i'm best gonna eat so much food go to great. um
1: banana leaf apollo okay in, in little india it's Literally, I think the best meal I've ever had in my life. Is that what Shivam recommended you? Shivam recommended me, and he told me that his dad, who's like from India, I think, considers it the best Indian restaurant in the world. Wow. <laughs> okay then. And I was Holy like, I was moly. like, Shivam would never say that. Yeah. Uh, right. So I, you know, I so gotta of go. course I went, and I was like, yeah, it's probably the best meal <laughs> I've ever had. Jeez. Yeah. Well, it's perfect. not fancy. It's like it's like real Indian food. You they don't give you silverware either you eat it with your hands amazing oh wow yeah, so uh yeah anyway
3: yeah i'll be at singapore and i'll also be at gp richmond
1: oh sweet well, when is richmond that's
3: i want to say like end of the year
1: okay cool very cool like, so we, everybody gets to check out that Bloodbraid elf yeah. yeah how many outfits do you usually at a single gp is it two or three
3: um usually three wow oh
1: so wow. so every day you're in a different one
3: mm-hmm. yes and it's that's uh, amazing yeah, but I did back-to-back for SCG Con and GP Vegas, so I had to bring five costumes with me, and it's two giant suitcases that is nothing but costumes. Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> now, is uh, Admiral Beckett Brass still in the rotation? Oh, yeah. Yeah! I, and I finished
3: it. I it's so good. I also have the sword now, too. Oh, so.
0: nice. Mm-hmm.
2: Sweet. Yeah, I okay. just got to find a bunch of pirates to help you out. Right. Will I be War. seeing that at uh, Vegas? Have I already seen that at
3: Vegas? <laughs> yes, you have. Oh, sweet. It nice. was awesome. Oh, wow, I think you took a picture cool. with me in it. Okay. <laughs>
2: You guys better take a picture. (laughs) All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace. Bye.
0: Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com.